mean, just you might yell have at, a, You yell at me because I don't hit record. Extra I hit record too early. Seconds. Now of, you yell at me because I'm hitting record too late. Juicy Mark words. <clears throat> I'm just, you know, I'm just a man looking. I'm just a man on a mission. You're getting it right. Um, hmm. I, just, I feel so good. I heard your shit. Is there? <laughs> I heard your shit from across the house. <laughs> so I'm sure you feel I much come better. Over here and a percolate, and then and then uh, and something then about I, my house gets you rumbling, and then it, and then it happens, and then uh, and then I walk out with a squeaky clean, squeaky clean, squeaky. sparkly butthole. Yeah, because oh, we got the, the double bidet. The double bidet, the, and, and you the, had the a bidet. hand in that. Uh, well, the double well, bidet. I tried to help. But yeah, <clears> we should. <laughs> It it's feels like double good, fantasy. man. I mean, it just, I mean, people are like, oh, you like having water shot up your ass? No, I like having, walking around knowing that I'm completely clean. Hey, and you know what? So what if I do? And and if maybe, I did? Maybe I now do like having water squirted in my ass. I mean. What's it to you? Yeah, I mean, if if I did, but I, I really enjoy the whole, we should have a, <laughs> we should have a giveaway where like people listen in and you know come over to Mark's house and get your butthole squeaky cleaned. I mean, at Mark's yeah, place. we can sell <laughs> raffle tickets. Some you listener, <clears throat> if you were able to, you could clean your asshole with the very water <laughs> that cleans my asshole and mine sometimes. And and Seth's, <laughs> Seth was actually the first person to use my bedroom's bidet. I was. So uh, I was. you know, he, I was. He got to it before that I, I did. It was the inaugural butthole. <clears throat> I don't know how much of this we'll use for the intro, but goddamn, it'll <laughs> be good. Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. I'm Mark, and I'm here with Seth. How are you, bud? I'm, I'm squeaky clean. Squeaky clean. <laughs> if you've listened to the I'm intro, squeaky. you probably know my man is squeaky clean. Um, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, um, you came to my aid. I want to thank you here on the podcast. Oh, that was nothing. I uh, That was I literally nothing. ran over something in the road that punctured... Two of my tires in several places on the same side went out for work on Monday, saw that they were punctured, came in, made a Facebook post, kind of like, can anybody help me? And then I was like, I know who could help me. Called Seth. I Seth came to off. my rescue. I wasn't working. Yeah. <clears throat> um, helped me get the <coughs> car pumped up Excuse and me. all that stuff. And then followed me to a tire place. Uh, they patched my tires. Kind of. Oops. I drove back home the next morning. They were flat again. Uh, maybe this happened Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, whatever happened, <clears throat> now uh, I am dealing with a very, very slow leak in one of my tires, so I need to see about probably just getting it replaced altogether. But I want to thank you, Seth, ah, again. No, that for, was for really, out. really nothing. Well, I mean, you know, you still came out here while you were at home. It was, Dude, it was nice of you. I've had, I mean. I know you're a friendly guy, but. Well. Just shut up and take the, take uh, the appreciation. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> so. So. We are not here to talk about. Well, yeah, I mean, you had the day off. You, I came over here. You look like you were mega lounging. Well, so I woke up at like four. Sometimes I wake up at like four or five in the morning, and that happened. And I had a little bit of trouble going back to sleep. I get so comfy, I get so cozy, and I got to pee, and I don't want to. And then I, I'm uncomfortable, so I can't sleep. So then I eventually get up and go pee. And then because I was up, I it's a little hard for me to go to sleep. My room gets very dark. 
Yes, you have the blackout curtain. I do have the blackout curtain, and then I have curtains on top of the blackout curtains. Wow. So uh, it tends to get very, very dark. Um, so I fell back asleep eventually while listening to a podcast. Usually what I'll do is I'll throw on a podcast. Mm. And I woke up, and I was like, what time is it? And I looked, and it was like 10.20. Whoa. And I was like, okie dokie. Yeah. So uh, I lounged in bed a little bit longer. I ran to Walmart and got some food. I ran to McDonald's and got some food and a tea. Mm-hmm. The old podcast fuel, for mm-hmm. one of us at least. Yeah, for one of us. And, uh, and then came back here and just ate and was listening to some stuff. And I listened to some more podcasts and, and waiting for your arrival. Yeah. And now here we are. We just fresh off of watching the music video for Andrew WK's Party Heart, which is the song that we will be doing today. Which is what we're doing. <clears throat> yes. yes. Um, tell me. What do you know about Andrew WK? What do you? Uh, what's your relation to this song? I kept my mouth shut last week in talking about this because I am familiar with Andrew WK. Mm. I um, was not like to say uh, a fan when uh, this song came out, which was damn near twenty years ago. Yeah, I wasn't really a fan, but I I looked at it as it's just a song. Um, it's like a song and immediately when I heard it, I equated it with like a Monday night football song, which it has been used on. Oh yeah. At, you know, it's, it's like an ESPN song. It's just a get you up, get you pumped and try not to look into it very deep because I knew if I did, then I wouldn't like what I saw, but he's just supposed to be this positive guy that shrieks and yells over metal ish backing music. And that was it. And that's fine. That's that's great. And that's all that I took it as. Matter of fact, took it so not seriously, but um, was so. I took the opportunity to go see Andrew W.K. in concert when this came out. Mm-hmm. It was at the Masquerade in Tampa. The Bouncing Souls co-headlined the show. They were great. They were really. I'm not a huge Bouncing Souls fan, but they do, they put on a really good show. And he. Uh, I don't, I don't even want to say this, but it's true. Put on a damn good show, Mark. He went up there and screamed and invited and got everybody to jump on the stage with him. And me and my my wife jumped on the stage and danced around and damn. hugged Andrew WK and <clears throat> got caught up in the moment. And, you know, it was just that was that that was it. It was that that's pretty much it. And then from many years after I saw it on commercials and on football and things like that and just remember it as hey that's the guy that I saw live in like 2002 and don't even really look back at on it, back on it all that nostalgically but it's just a something that happened it's there <laughs> much like last week's song it's there I would like to say that uh, in comparison to last week's songs we've talked about this a lot um, the lyrics are they lyrics that hey it's it reveals something, mm-hmm. you know, is this some, one of those, did you knows, or have you looked at, or is it de- deeper? And then there's ones that are not. And to quote <laughs> Will Ferrell, <clears throat> it's either a thinker or a stinker. This is a stinker. This buddy. is a stinker <laughs> in direct con- contrast to last week's episode. Andrew Federley Wilkes career, <laughs> um, dubbed Andrew WK by one of his teachers um, to differentiate him between a couple of classmates, an Andrew Gilchrist and an Andrew Cohen, who incidentally goes by Mayor Hawthorne, who is a what? DJ, audio engineer, etc. Yep. Oh, my God, dude. They went to no, school together. You're blowing my mind here. Well, there you go. My wife yeah. is a huge Mayor Hawthorne well, fan. Well, guess what? 
I did not. I got. I can't wait to tell her that. I can't wait for her to listen to this episode. I'm going to make her. I'm going to force her. I don't often to listen to this episode and say, "Guess who went to school with Mayor Hawthorne?" I'm serious. She listens to him all the time. There you go. Wow, it's already worth it. Um, he was born in California and raised in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which I can't think of two states that represent someone better. He looks like an. <laughs> California, Michigan person. So he's the he? opposite Ketis. <laughs> yes. He's yes. the Ketis opposite. Yeah. Who yeah. went from Michigan and don't, to and don't And can't you see the two of them oh, yeah. getting along famously? Oh, they're, they're best buddies. I mean, yeah. it's it's incredible. Um, the thing about Andrew W.K. that I find very fascinating is he is a world-class instrumentalist. I know. He started taking piano lessons at four years old at the University of Michigan School of Music. Four. Mm-hmm. When I was four, I was shitting myself. When I was four, I couldn't string together fucking sentences. I was fighting my brothers naked. Yes. Yes. And meanwhile, he was taking piano lessons. Um, he uh, grew up in the punk rock and heavy metal uh, scene uh, over a number of years in Michigan, uh, including a bands called the Pterodactyls, <laughs> Lab Lobotomy, Music Band, Mr. <laughs> Velocity Hopkins. That's the best thing ever. <laughs> Music band. That's the best I love thing. that. That's yeah. Great. yeah. And he also played drums in a grindcore metal band called Cathode. Oh. Um, he started a noise rock project called Ancient Art of Boar um, and uh, did a bunch of solo songs uh, and solo material. And that is where he made uh, the EP Girls Own Juice <laughs> in 2000. So there are two things that. Andrew W.K. seems to love to talk about. One is women. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is partying, as we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the EP Girls Own Juice, which is disgusting. I mean, mm-hmm. th- and listen, I am not, just so we're clear, I'm not anti-squirt. I'm not anti-girl women getting wet. Just something about the, the, the name Girls Own Juice. Um, how do we how do we unpack that? Is it girls own the juice or her own juice? Well, there's no there's no, there's, uh, no there's no apostrophe in girls. Okay, so that so would I guess make it, it just means that that girls own that juice belongs to girls. Okay, I guess. No, th- I, I think that's the other way around. That's the possessive <clears throat> would be the p- apostrophe. Well, I'm not I mean, sure. I, the possession is an own O W N, not but, you know, girls juice. If there was no own, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's uh, there. Whatever it is. We woke is. up one morning and it was there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the EP was also abbreviated as AWKGOJ, <laughs> released on in on Bulb Records. I think I mentioned it in uh, the year 2000. Mm. Um, so he goes out, plays a bunch of music. The EP is described as Judas Priest mixed with Sparks, which is an insane fucking thing. Um, it generates a bunch of buzz. That's a good description. Yeah. That's a really good. I've never thought that, but... It is, very it is good. very good. Yeah. It is very good. So, you know, he starts playing a bunch of shows. People are starting to pay attention to him. A bunch of labels start, you know, showing a little bit of interest. Um, he releases another EP called Party Till You Puke uh, in October of 2000. So the same year um, he leaves Bulb Records and then signs with Island Records, who had been talking to him. Now, what year is that? That is 2000. OK, can we step back for one second? Sure, Mark? please. Because something really unusual happens that I just. I'm learning about this guy. So, in 1999, he moved to Sefner, Florida. Do you know where Sefner, Florida is? 
I know I've seen the signs. Yeah, it's up. It's up near Tampa. It's just adjacent to Hillsborough County, or it's in Hillsborough County. I mean, and but again, it's adjacent, but it's rural Florida. It's rural Hillsborough. It just makes sense to me, and it's just weird. And when he goes there, he starts building a live band, and I did not know this, but Donald D.T. Tardy of Obituary is in his live band. For those who don't know, and I would understand a lot of you not knowing, the heart of death metal is in Tampa, Florida. That is correct. Death metal as as a functioning music, it's its home is Tampa, Florida. The brass mug. Yes. And um, still to this day, just about every night of the week, you can go there and hear an, a real authentic death metal. I mean, you go to Kentucky for bluegrass. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to Texas for swing. You go to Seattle for grunge. You go to Seattle. You come to Tampa, Florida at the Brass Mug for death metal. For death metal. That's uh, Sepultura flew from Brazil to record at Morris Sound Studios uh, to because that was where you recorded death metal records. Funny thing about Morris Sound, you can record a gospel record there because my father did. Grammy Award winning singer Larry Ford. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You can record anything there. It just so happens that this proliferation of death metal bands happened to just arise out of the west coast of Florida and they all recorded in the 80s and 90s. There's a big fence up around it now at Morris Sound Studios. And still to this day, there are tons and tons, one of which was mentioned obituary which had a singer mm-hmm. named uh, john tardy they put out a record i grew up in this shit so i don't know how deep you are into it but i know a lot about I, it i have a i have a i have a an outside knowledge i grew up listening to metal um i was i was a metal head when i was in right. middle school and high school you and i have an abiding love of metallica together yes yeah. absolutely yeah. and you know i was very into pantera and, i was a slayer guy uh, i was yeah i liked slayer a bit i was a little bit late getting into the slayer Two bands I wish I had gotten into more earlier. I was very, 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 very embarrassingly late to the Wu Tang game. Oh, um, I was right in there. I, I did not. I, I, I was very much a West Coast mm-hmm. guy, so I was way more. I mean, I listened to the Chronic and and Doggy Style and all that stuff. I was way more like that slick, um, rather than like the the piece together kind of like you know. Um, it, it took me a while to get more into like dirty sounding stuff right um and again like i was i was very late to punk um when i was first uh asked by mike to join a band mike cosden who is now like my musical soulmate right. um you know he said that we were he wanted to do a ska punk band i didn't know what ska was and i didn't like punk because i was a metalhead mm-hmm. and thing. punk was a bunch of people who didn't know how to play their instruments and you know i, I thought of like early sex pistols and i was just not into it I was into clean solos. I was into fucking, you know, all of that, like, super produced, Mm -hmm. triggered drums, all that stuff. I am very glad. If it wasn't for Mike, I don't know what would have happened to me musically because now I much more prefer lo-fi stuff and stuff that actually has heart rather than overly produced. Um, So, you know, I, I liked a lot of metal. I didn't really dabble a super lot in specifically death metal, I liked Obituary okay and and Sepultura and bands like that. <coughs> was it my top choice? No, um, but I did I did know enough about it and I did listen to some of it. With me, it was a neighborhood thing, and in 1985 was the first year that I heard um, Out of Step by Minor Threat. 
Ooh. Um, and I still I described it on a podcast that you and I have both done, Three Song Stories. My my world was opened to other music other than you know popular and Christian music by hearing um, Minor Threats. You know the first. What happened to you? Fell, you know, mm-hmm. from uh, from the get go, and it was a neighborhood thing, hardcore, and we all got into hardcore, and we loved it just because of one guy in the neighborhood who had moved down from Connecticut. But not long after that, being in the neighborhood that I was, I was immediately uh, it, it had switched to other people in my neighborhood, Florida people. The guy who brought the hardcore in was from Connecticut and moved to the neighborhood. The Florida people that I grew up with by eighty seven and eighty eight were turning me on to Slayer, Metallica, Obituary, and mm. the probably, in my opinion, the pinnacle of death metal music, Death. From yes. Melbourne, Florida, Chuck Schlutener, Terry Butler, Rick Roz. Just, I mean, the uh, that is... Uh, 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 Not um, to be confused with the all-black punk band yes, Death. Yes, completely different. This is a Florida Death. They put out two really great records. Slowly, we, I mean, I'm not slowly brought, but um, Scream Bloody Gore and the absolutely fucking fantastic Leprosy. What an incredible <sighs> record. Pull the plug, everybody. Just, yeah. just absolutely went ape shit over that. But the band that we're speaking, just to get back to where we're talking about, the band that, that he, that Andrew K kind of paired with is Obituary. They are from, not reading this off, they're from the Tampa area, and they became known for um, an album called Slowly We Rot, mm-hmm. which the singer was a guy named John Tardy. And it was kind of, they were at they were at the pinnacle, the peak, so to speak, the late 80s, which was the, the, the highlight, really the best of the best, in my yes. opinion. Death metal uh, bands came out at that time. You also had bands from other areas like Suffocation from New York, you had, you know, we the, even though most people don't consider them a death metal band. And that's the thing. You can get very nuanced in that's what is very, death metal and what is this and oh, what is that. Oh, the fans of it will say, that's not that's not death. That's thrash. That's speed. That's yeah. grindcore. And that's you one know, of the things I couldn't assault. really stand. I mean, I get there needing to be kind of a difference because there are some differences in these things that, um, you know, that's, that make people not like one band as much as another band. But... It definitely gets nuanced. It definitely gets crazy. Whereas other people in genres try to abandon labels, it feels like the the metal guys embrace the label. You know, the when I say label, like what they what they're called. You know, spe- mm-hmm. specifying what kind of music you could get a guy that was into thrash metal, and he'd go, "No, I can't stand death metal." You know, yeah. And for whatever fucking reason, he just didn't you know like that, and he was very specific to that genre. And there was a multitude of bands that covered that. This band, Obituary, was specifically a death metal band. Slowly We Rot, in my opinion, is a great freaking record. Yeah, and, and I didn't know that until this moment that he did that. Go ahead. We were like, this is going to be a short episode. And we're going to talk for 30 minutes about death metal. So I apologize. Just to kind of add a little bit of uh, color commentary to all the stuff that Seth said, because he is, uh, as you can tell, um, both very well-knowledged and very passionate uh, speaking about it. The interesting thing is, like he was saying, late 80s, kind of bleeding in early 90s was kind of the pinnacle of death metal. Uh, this is also around the time that grunge starts getting big. So mm. it was a very interesting, it was very interesting counterculture to Poison and Motley Crue and Bullet Boys and Queensryche. Um, a lot shit. of this, yeah, a lot of this metal music that was heavy, um, but was definitely very, very disparate and um, very counterculture and kind of like, there's an alternate reality almost where like that kind of metal becomes bigger um, instead of grunge. Uh, but of course, you know, this kind of metal is very abrasive 
and there are bands like Tat- Cattle Decapitation and uh, Dying Fetus and, and all these Hunt, other bands yeah, that are talking about, you know, you know, ripping women open and raping them or doing oh, what I mean, oh. just like terrible stuff that are trying Cannibal to be. Corpse. Yeah, trying to be as offensive as possible. Um, the other thing that I'll mention is if you are looking for something interesting as far as reading is concerned, because there was a documentary that was made around the book, but I don't think it goes into it as much. If you are interested uh, in this, there is a very, very great fucking book that I loaned to someone and I never saw it again called American Hardcore that talks specifically about basically the beginnings of and the rise of punk uh, in 1977 and around there in like hardcore. And specifically, the book ends talking about crossover, which is, you know, punk bands kind of like I was alluding to earlier. TSOL, Gangrene. Yes. That so era, yeah. bands bands would start off punk because they didn't play their instruments. They just had a lot of feelings and wanted to get them out. DRI. They would get very good. And then they would be like, I don't want to just do punk anymore. I want to solo. I want to do other stuff. And they talk specifically about this one show, and I can't remember what it is, but basically they consider it like the show where these two roads converge um, of punk bands and metal bands and punk fans and metal fans coming together instead of being an asshole like I was in, in high school being like, I don't like punk. I only want to listen to metal. Them realizing we actually have a lot in common and uh, a lot of those crossover bands starting and uh, a lot of this stuff starting to kind of come to light. So yeah. um, anyway. I have to say, though, that 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 the uh, Andrew W.K. stuff is what seems like in whole a whole epic a whole era after all of that by 2002 you know we're well past grunge we're well past uh death metal i mean there's still oh, yeah. active death metal and dare i say grunge but i'm sure there are out there but there's still a huge metal scene that is much more inclusive to a band much more aware and, and abandoning the labels there's, you know, I don't know if you know this. There's a band here from locally called Traders who I don't hate. I think they're actually yeah, you good. like them a lot. Yeah, I like them. Um, you know, well, I mean, the interesting thing is that he was he was in bands as early as 1994, right? And not in Michigan. I don't think necessarily. I don't. I I I'm, I would I really kind of at this point want to go back and listen and see if how metal they are. Well, he it seemed this is the interesting thing about him. He plays a variety of instruments very well. I've heard him play piano. He's really good. He is a classically trained pianist. Four years old, he's learning how to play piano. And, you know, it seems like, uh, I, you know, some of it's personality, some of it's where you're brought up. And again, being brought up in Michigan and moving to Florida, um, you know, what is the scene for, um, you know, classically trained pianists? I, I don't know if there's like a, a huge scene for it, but I'll tell you what there's a bigger scene for punk rock metal abrasive stuff um so you know it's interesting that he, he grows up playing piano but is pretty much quickly like i have to learn to play something else if i'm going to play with all this stuff and you know ends up playing drums ends up singing and doing other stuff um so he was just in a number of bands anyway boy oh boy did we really get off i'm so, sorry and no yeah, it's fine it's, it's and interesting you. and hopefully hopefully yeah. people like it uh, I'm going to try and not edit any of it because I, I think it's interesting and hopefully you think it's interesting and you come here in part because we both love I and know love a lot about music. love talking about music with you. Yeah, it's great. Um, 2001, he releases the album I Get Wet, um, which has the song Party Hard on it. Um, <laughs> characterized by its metal and punk rock influences and lyrical content revolving around partying. Party. Um, the uh, 
the cover of the album is a close up of his face with blood running out of his nose, which caused some controversy in Europe because it seemed to um, represent cocaine abuse. The reality of this is, do you know how Andrew W.K. made this picture happen? I don't know, but I have a damn good idea. He hit himself That's in exactly the face what I thought. with a cinder block. Yeah. He didn't punch himself. Now, for those who are also in the metal community, or if you're not, there is an album by the band Pantera <laughs> called Vulgar Display of Power. And on this cover is someone getting punched straight in the fucking face. This is not Photoshop, ladies and gentlemen. This is before the time of computer-generated images and AI. This is a guy who got paid $1,000 a punch to get punched in the face for the cover a vulgar display of power. I, I actually like the cover of that. Record. It's awesome. I like that. It is awesome. Um, so you can go and look at it and you'll just see a guy getting cold cocked in the side of the mouth. I can't remember how many takes it took for them to get it. Um, but uh, maybe I'm not. A, I know you're a big Pantera fan. I'm not a huge Pantera yeah, I mean, fan. I'm just so we're clear. I'm not as much now with Phil Anselmo oh, and knowing what we know, saying white power and fucking sick heiling. I'm no, I know. But I, I will say that I did really, really like pantera back in the day i remember the first time i heard and it's still dude i mean if you want to work out and you want to listen to something to work out to and get get pumped yeah like walk walk will get you going or you know five minutes alone Uh, anyway so (laughs) he takes a cinder block we do people (laughs) he takes a cinder block and hits himself in the nose um, and then subsequently supplemented his own blood with blood from an animal obtained from a butcher oh shop. God. Uh, so that's how he gets the cover. It's not a he got it's some, not a cocaine thing. He got some blood from the uh, cover of Load and put that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In case semen. you don't know, Load is uh, some artist's semen and blood squ- squished between two slides, and then a photo is taken of it. Yeah, it's it's art. Yeah, apparently it, that's and, what it is. Art and um and when someone asked the artist why'd you do it, or why'd you use this, Metallica was like, oh, it looked cool, it looked like flames. <laughs> Yep. That's where that's, that's where we're at with Metallica. It's on the cover. <clears throat> um so anyway, uh he goes on to of course release some other songs and some other albums. He goes on Ozfest and performs um such songs as Party Hard, It's Time to Party, and Fun Night. Um <laughs> and then he also has a song called We Want Fun. Um I mean, this guy I'm telling you, man, he's such an anomaly. Because he's part he's he's clearly very very bright he's clearly very smart yes he's He's intelligent and and he's a motivational speaker now he does motivational speaking he does record producing etc he's a songwriter um he does pop he does all kinds of stuff i mean the guy is well-rounded but his lyrics just come off like an absolute fucking neanderthal i mean it's just it's almost embarrassing so we all go through this period of our lives around our teenage years where you just can't figure things out and things are strange and you're strange and you're jacked up on all sorts of hormones. Mm. To me, this is the sound of those hormones. Yeah. That's what this sounds like. Just to give you an idea, like go like tagging on to the, um, you know, the lizard brain, the UK single of this song had one previously unreleased or previously released track called make sex. Which sounds like what like a fucking sophomore in college says to a woman. 
do you want to make sex? <laughs> just like a, like someone on like the offensive line. Would you like some making fuck? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Did he just say making fuck. <laughs> um, and uh, previously unreleased track called "Violent Life." So I mean, it just seems like I again just like base level fucking women's juice partying mm. and violent life like yeah. all the songs are just about like fucking and fighting and tacos like sublime <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> fucking and fighting it's all the same living with the Andrew wk is the only way to stay sane um named the 89th best hard rock song of all time Ew. by vh1 which again I'm going to VH1 if I want to find out about the best Yacht Rock songs. I don't know if I'm going to them yeah. to find out about, like, Hard Rock. Um, uh, Pitchfork Media said, before Red Bull and vodka became fashionable <laughs> and sports drink companies made the decade all about the pursuit of extreme it's energy, the movement already had its anthem. Um <clears throat> That's exactly right. Oh, it God, is. that is dead on. Absolutely right. Give that guy a raise. Um, should we start talking about the lyrics of this song? I think we should just kind of go. I think people have gotten it at this point. Yeah, because, uh, guys, I'm going to tell you, there's not a whole lot to these. No. Um, we get um, we get the intro. It is a very long intro. Yeah. Um, it's got some piano. Uh, and in the music video, he's got like a big old grand piano or maybe a baby grand up there for his little bing, 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 gackle, gackle, bing. Um, <laughs> hold on, Mark. That, that's the that's the sound of sixteen years worth of piano lessons. Yeah, coming in since four one chord. I got chord. No I got quarter notes. <laughs> I could do this all day. Uh, you you work all night, and when you work, you just feel all right. And when when things stop feeling all right, and everything is all right, because we will never listen to your rules. No. We will never do as others do. No. Know what we want, and we get it from you. Do what we like, and we like what we do. <laughs> Guys, I'm just going to say it now. These are the dumbest lyrics we've ever had on this show. I think so. I almost feel bad doing this. They come from a place of, like, REM sleep. <laughs> If they come from a place where your mind is basically like fruit juice. This is this is Rorschach level. Yes. Going to the back of your subconscious. And I don't mean like good subconscious. This is this was written in the back of the cave when Ugg discovered fire. Yeah. This was this was written this was written in the back of a nineteen ninety six Ford Tempo. <laughs> well, like you know, talking about Ugg, I mean, yes, this is very much like clobber a woman and pull her by your hair back God, to your cave it's so stupid it is just it is dumb and it is violent um so you work all night <laughs> he kind of starts with saying like you you work all night and by the way this song he rhymes the word right with right three times in the first verse alone causing mark's head to explode as we sit here i was grinding my teeth <laughs> I needed I needed to get one of those what do they use for like when you grind your teeth at night like a mouthpiece oh uh, uh yeah like an occlusional <laughs> needed to clamp him shut uh, <laughs> so you you work all night and when you work you just feel all right that, that does beg a question 
Are you just feeling okay? Or are you feeling all right? Well, I mean, like, I I think it kind of undersells it to be like, when you work, you, you just feel all right. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing. It's better than feeling bad at work. I think because we're dealing with Og, who just got off of his shift washing dishes at a fucking Benihana, is coming out and saying, I'm feeling all right. Oh, well, he says just feel all right. Like, oh, like, like oh, it's disparaging. Like, yeah. you're not feeling as good as we are. You just feel all right because you're at work. Mm. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, okay, again. But, like, yeah, I feel all right at work. What do I? Would I rather be somewhere? Would I rather be recording a podcast with my friend Seth? You would think that things would stop feeling all right at work. Well, that's what I'm saying. But like, the next verse and when things stop feeling all right. All right. Well, it, so he's yeah, all these, right with that. These next two lines, and when things stop feeling all right, okay, and everything is all right. This guy reached Nirvana. What is it? Is there some? Is this some sort of bliss? Is he a drop in the ocean at this point, Mark? What the so hell? You work all night, and when you work, you just feel all right. But when things stop feeling all right, so it's like, okay. So I guess what you're saying is. When I'm at work, all I'm doing is feeling all right. But then eventually things will stop feeling all right. And then you expect, I guess, some kind of like, well, when things stop feeling all right, this is what you got to do or whatever. But then he says, and everything is all right. You just segue into another all right. Yeah. There's nothing there to like to, to stimulate or to spurn or to move on to the all right. You're just there. This is Matthew McConaughey's character. <laughs> In, uh, in, in Fast in Times. Fast time. No, not Fast or Times. No, 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 um, no. Uh, what is that movie? Uh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah I not can't Fast Times. Uh, Days and Confused, no. Days and Confused. That's oh, it was it. Days yeah. and Confused. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, and I mean... And There's so, three all rights. You could, yeah, there is. All right, all right, all right. And I mean, I guess you could even say, if you really want me to get into it, and I'm gonna, you work all night. When you work, you only feel all right. You don't feel any better than all right. But when you stop feeling all right and everything is all right, then w- then what? And then he j- there's no answer to it. Well, no. He immediately draws a line in the sand, Mark. Because we will never listen to your rules. He's not going to do it. We will never do as others do. He's not going to conform. Never. Never. Even if what they're doing is a good... I, I mean, this is like... This reminds me of people that say they hate the Beatles... <laughs> just because other people like the Beatles like yeah I'm never if other people do it I'm not gonna do it mm. and it's like oh, wow I'm amazed John John Lennon and Paul McCartney are heartbroken how that you edgy don't like you must them. be yes. yeah you must feel um, how I've gone on the edge I'm not gonna do what others do know what we want and we get it from you <clears throat> all right just speaking about a bout of gonorrhea <laughs> something telling us who he got it from i mean you don't really want gonorrhea but Jesus. no i don't no thanks for asking though um but yeah know what we want and we get it from you i i mean i i hope they're asking i guess if I, they can have it from me i don't know what it is they want you know and why they think they can get it from me i almost can't help but feel that if there were just a little bit more clarity in that line alone there might be some depth to the song. Might like a modicum of depth. Just maybe. a little bit. If he just maybe told us exactly what it was that he wanted. And then he ends with maybe like maybe the best line in the song. We do what we like and we like what, what we, we do. do. Which 
the way he the way is it's that really like the, best? the way... are you being facetious mark Please i mean say you are no i mean what's better uh, it could be anything i mean I, I i mean well look i like shoes and i like to wear shoes i think that this is good life advice which is if it feels good do it there is no such thing as a guilty pleasure if you like something if something makes you feel good and and if it's not hurting anybody, which is a, a, an interest, you know, a, a, an important thing to put in there, do what you like to do Mark. and like what you're doing. Mark. Make your vocation your vacation. I hate this line. I think it might be the worst one in the goddamn. Are song. you serious? I'm not. Why? I'm not even joking. For this reason alone, Mark. What's the definition of trite? I don't. I mean, I don't know how it would be defined. Overused, consequently of little import, lacking originality and freshness. Well, I mean, that is an over. I like. I do what I like, and I like what I do. That is a cliche, if ever there was one. Yeah, but I mean, and cliches if, if, are cliche for a reason. If you're going to hang on to it as like some sort of deep message, it sucks. I didn't say it's a deep message. I said it's the best line in the song, where it's up against uh, ones like, and when when things stop feeling all right and everything is all right. I mean, it's better than that piece of shit. We are in shit. a shallow pool, man. It, we are. Yeah. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not pool. saying that he should be the poet laureate or anything. Well, I'm not. saying that in this song, God, that is so, the best song. It's so shocking that he's not the poet laureate. That's the thing. It's, well, if you he's heard him talk. obviously a very smart guy, but the, I mean, you know, maybe his whole idea is that when he writes songs, he wants them to be party songs, so he does not want them to be deep necessarily. He wants them to be very surface level. He wants it to be focused on like the feeling of the song and not about the message. Maybe. This hurts. Yeah. I mean, have you ever said to yourself, Mark, you know, like, I wish I could be like the people that weren't aware. I wish I could oh, be yeah. like, you know, I wish I could be blissfully unaware like the idiot, you know? Yeah. Like, and and uh, he's not. Like, but it yeah, seems like... Like, like a... The uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Yes, exactly. That's Blessed exactly. are the forgetful. Yes. Yeah. I mean, th but it, he's not. Maybe maybe this is a statement on bliss because you know he's not the idiot. If you've ever heard him talk, maybe this yeah. is, I don't know. Well, one way or another, I maintain that this is good life advice. That if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Find stuff that you like to do and do that stuff. So that your life feels good. And if that sounds like no duh to you, then I think you've already reached it. Mm. I think you're already there. Does, but does but it there, make you but cringe there, to But there it. are a lot of people who go through their life and go, you know, it reminds me of Fight Club where uh, Brad Pitt's character, spoiler alert, also Edward Norton's character, says, I graduated high school. I went to my dad and I said, now what do I do? And he said, go to college. I went to college and I said, now what do I do? And he said, I don't know, get a job. And a lot of people just kind of go through doing what they think they're supposed to do instead of focusing on doing what they like and liking what they do. And for some people, it is helpful to hear this advice. Mark, I want to get that message from somewhere else. That's fine. And I, yeah. I and, and Seth, it just makes me cringe. Seth, I understand. Yeah. That. Does it make you cringe? No, it doesn't. Okay. It does. I mean, this whole song kind of makes me cringe. That's yeah. That, um, that, but that's why you. we're that talking makes about me it. Feel better. So then we get to the chorus. So let's get a party going. Now it's time to party and we'll party hard. Let's get a party going. Let's get a party going. When it's time to party, we will always party hard. Party hard, party hard, party hard, party hard. 
Party hard, party hard, party hard, party hard. Party hard, party hard, party hard, party hard. Party hard, party hard, party hard, party hard, party hard. Part of what hurts, party, what hurts so much about this song is that I didn't, um, it, my formative years were not when this came out. My formative years were before. However, I can completely see this song fitting into the life and into the ethos, into the very shallow ethos of people that I did not like that I grew up around in my formative years, a.k.a. Jocks and Socius. Yes. You know what I mean? And Comb Downs. Yeah. Do you remember Comb Downs? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that I, that was crazy. a little after my time, actually. Uh yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah a little, you're, but I, forget. I was you got uh, a year or two on me. Yeah, but I, I just I see this easily falling into their lap, and then headbanging to this when the rest of us are, are aware, you know, and going out and 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 seeking some depth and some meaning, and they just settle on this. I know it's okay to be vapid from time to time. Mm. I know it's all right. Mm. But but there at the same time you have to realize that you have to stretch yourself and go deeper and this song just re- these lyrics, these lyrics revel in shallow. I mean, I think his music for under the uh, under the the name Andrew WK I think usually does. I I I'm I'm not going to m- make pretend that I've gone through his whole uh, Ovu and uh, listened or read all of his lyrics or anything. Um, I'm going to I'm going to say this. I don't know if I ever mentioned this on the podcast or I've ever talked to you about this. I have a theory. I have a theory that Insane Clown Posse, uh, that the members of Insane Clown Posse know very well what they're doing. That they are actually a lot smarter than we give them credit for. If you don't know, Insane Clown Posse, ICP, used to stand for Inner City Posse. They were a rap rap group um, with the members of, I think, both Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope, along with another person or two. Um, And they wrote and, and performed pretty good rap music. And then they stopped and they dreamed up this whole fucking storyline, also from Michigan. Yeah, Detroit. Or no, no, I'm Michigan. I'm just saying. Yeah, around the Detroit area because I know they have beef with um Eminem. with Eminem, yeah. who's also from that area. They dreamed up this whole scenario of the these clowns getting put in a dumpster where there's ooze and whatever, all this other stuff. But they know what they're doing. They know that their music is aimed at a specific group of people who will empty their fucking wallets to buy their merchandise and they are aimed at, uh, you know, I'm not going to be classist or anything here. They are just aimed at specific people who go out. And I remember watching, there's a documentary about them and they're talking to like their head of the merch and they've got these fucking great Malenko uh, hockey jerseys for $200 a piece. He's like, we'll sell out of these tonight. Like, they, but I, 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 I really do kind of believe that they know what they're doing and that they're smarter I than we give them credit for wholeheartedly. And I think maybe Andrew WK is kind of doing the same thing here. Maybe. I don't know. It's a possibility. It's not I mean, as good of a job if it's, if it's all about marketing. No, no, no. no. If it's, if it's, but because I, I agree with you. I think that what they did was 
purely a marketing move. Yeah, I do. You know, coming up with that whole persona, you know, leaning into like the whole wrestler vibe, you know, wrestling fan vibe. And getting on with, you know, coming up with the act and, and all those type of things. And then, you know... I don't know what's harder to watch. Actually, no, Heavy Metal Parking Lot's funny. That that video you're talking about, the ga- about the gatherings, is just, is depressing. It is depressing. It is. Uh, it's all depressing. I mean, it's depressing. But again, you know, like, I don't know if they like what they're doing. Let them... I mean, this is America, man. This do is what the you world you should guys, be able to do. All of you at the um, heavy metal parking lot Don't say it. and all of you at the gathering of the juggalos, I got one piece of advice, baby. Do what you like and like what you do. Then we get another verse uh, with a chorus. I mean, all it's saying is let's get a, a party going and now it's time to party and we'll party hard. Uh, and he says party hard. I think, I mean, I don't want to go count them. Will you do me a favor? Yeah. Will you not? do chorus number two and three please just don't please don't i'm just i'm asking you know me put my hand on your knee (laughs) please i'm looking deep into your eyes don't do it um so then the post chorus is ah (laughs) and then chanting of hey and then we get the second verse all right all right you you fight that fight and when you're fighting you feel all right but when when things stop feeling all right and everything is all right, because we will never listen to your rules. We will never do as others do. We know what we want, and we get it from you. We do what we like, and we like what we do. This is So this is the same exact verse as the first verse, except instead of you work all night, now it's you fight that fight. Everything else is the same. Thoughts? <laughs> I think that it makes. I'm sorry, Mark. It makes less sense. Seth looks the, like a like a banker at the end of a Thursday with his tie <laughs> loosed, just <laughs> staring staring at his desk. When I've pointed at the numbers ten times for the customer that just doesn't believe that they've got overdraft fees. The math don't math. No, it's yeah. It's there. It is right there. I don't get it. It's right there in front of you. It's one plus two. There it is right there, Mark. Welcome it's, to um, my life. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. I believe you, man. See how the ink is red? That's bad. <laughs> you don't want the ink to be red. That's why it's Black Friday, because right. the, the ink turns from red to black, hopefully. Um, but if it wasn't violent enough, he's introduced the concept of fighting. You fight, you fight that fight, and somehow makes it sound noble, Mark. Just by tone alone. Because you know? it feels all right. I guess. Well, I mean, I think that um, he means like fighting the man or That's fighting the saying. machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes um, it And, you know, I mean, look, I mean, in a world where we are faced with a lot of issues, uh, you know, right now um, with what's going on in the Gaza Strip, uh, depending on which side you're for or against, there are people that are fighting that fight. They're fighting uh, they need to feel their supposed right. uh, oppressor, whoever mm-hmm. they they believe the oppressor is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's just saying like every day you're you're fighting that fight. I'd like to say that that actually the second line of the second verse might be my favorite in the song. And when you're fighting, you feel all right. And, and because I hate to say this, it's bad. Fighting is bad. But there are times when you are just and you are correct and you swinging and fighting back feels good to do well i think um I, th- I think again i don't think here we're necessarily talking about a physical fight maybe he is i mean bloody nose bloody yeah on the cover of his album and whatnot but i think that you know like even uh fighting feeling all right being like um you know i'm gonna donate uh to this cause or i'm going to uh 
you know, not buy food at Walmart because I think they do bad things or whatever, or signing, uh, you know, signing a change.com, uh, you know, thing or whatever, so like just participating. Yes. Okay. Just like fighting the man in whatever way you do. That's voting. That's nice. It is. That's a nice thing, Mark. I think so too. I think that with the tone and the sound of the music, we are talking about fisticuffs. But when things stop feeling all right. Yeah, that's that's when you stop fighting. And everything is all right. Mm-hmm. The pre-chorus is the same exact thing. This is when Og is painting on the cave wall, trying Ooh. to express himself. We'll never listen to your rules. We'll never do as others do, no matter what. We know what we want and we get it from you, which seems kind of rude. The more I read it, the more I'm like, yeah, I mean, it says what? We go what negative. Yeah. What are you getting from me yeah. that you're just saying you're taking? Um, we do what we like and we like what we do. Uh, then we get the chorus. Let's get a party going. Party going. Mark, uh, what did I say? I know. I'm just saying. What did I say? And then it says party hard a lot. Uh, you and can then, talk about the outro. Well, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot more of those, haze. Those, hey, hey, hey. If if this song had just been haze, it might have been better. More attractive Purple haze. Or just, hey, 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 haze. You know, and that's it. You know, like a, like a Gary Glitter, even well, though he's a shithead type situation. <laughs> just, hey, da, 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 da. Hey. You well, know, yeah, we, we get the hey, 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 hey. If we get if, if it had just been, hard, the, it hey. might have been a better song. I'm not sure. Uh, no, it would not be. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, but I think, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe might have been a deeper song. Shit. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, these lyrics are dumb as shit. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. I mean, I, I again, I think that at the end of the day, we might be so dealing with somebody so much. Have you ever heard the butthole surfer song? Hey. Uh, I think I probably have. It is deeper than this, and the only word in the song is hey. Okay. It, it kind of is. Listen to it. If you're out there and you haven't listened, it's one of the greatest songs. Comes in this very complicated bass line, and then Gibby Haynes just goes, hey. Hey. And it, and then it just echoes off, and it's, I don't know. I love it. It's really good. This song, from the moment that we started uh, listening to it and going over it here today, also reminded me because I think he's trying to really, really come off with the, in spite of the last line of the second verse. Oh, I'm sorry, of the pre-chorus. Um, we know what we want and we get it from you. Sounds almost, you know, uh, predatory, thievish, th- thievery, you know, thievish, yeah. you know, uh, that does. Uh, aside from that, it's it's supposed to be a f- sticking it to the man fighting against the evil, fighting the good fight, positive party song. It reminds me of a song out there by the Aquabats. Have you ever heard uh, Check Out This Ride by the Aquabats? They have a song on there called I'm a Winner. No. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm a winner, I'm a winner. Another song you should go out there and listen to. Mm. This song reminds me of that. Of course, I'm a Winner is far more deep, but it, they, they just sound a lot alike. The sound of the music the uh, the tone and uh, the message in that was far deeper. But go ahead. Song facts. Um, well, the song is about this party lifestyle he endorses. Andrew's philosophy is to not put limits on yourself and get the most out of life. Years later, Andrew became a popular speaker and TV personality, often playing off the image he created with his song. In 2012, he hosted a panel called What Would Pinkie Pie Do at a My Little Pony Convention? So... That's so that. you're telling me he's probably a brony. I don't think he is. I think then why did he then why did he reference that if he didn't maybe he's got a tell me he's got a daughter and she likes watching that and he just brought it up. I'm okay with that. I don't think he does. Ugh. But again, I think that he is very much a 
do what you like and what you do. And if people ask him to speak at a My Little Pony convention, he's not going to be like, no, fuck that. You're weird. He'll be like, sure. I agree. He probably will do that. And that's it. Yeah. I think there's nothing else to it. If people ask me to be at a My Little... If someone came to me and said, we want the host of Lyrics to Go to be at a My Little Pony convention and host something, there's going to be people there that love your podcast. I would consider it for sure. I would consider it. Now, I mean, I don't have anything to do with My Little Pony. I'm not a brony. I don't have a, a little boy or a little girl or anybody that's wildly into My Little Pony that I know of. I'd probably have some friends that would be like, oh, that's cool that you did that. But I mean, I would probably consider it. I would do it, but they'd have to open the checkbook. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit there bored because I don't give a shit about that stuff. So anyway, um, this is one of several Andrew, Andrew WK songs with party in it. Others being party till you puke and it's time to party. We mentioned a couple of other ones earlier. Um, the music video um, is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's let's weird. Talk. Let's talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's him combing his hair and looking in the mirror in one of the nastiest bathrooms in Tampa. Yes, absolutely. Um, with a, a light switch that he turns on to turn on the lights uh, to this giant room mm-hmm. with the light switch around. It looks what I can only perceive to be maybe roach eggs or something. It's, it's got like this nasty stuff around it. It's gross. He ties his shoes. He's got like some ASICs or something like that. And he ties his shoes and then he hits the side of his shoe real hard. Like trying to deflate the uh, the bubble, you know, <laughs> the, the pump. The, the pump. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Those were very, you have to understand you that can at the pump time, it. those were out of those were very out of fashion shoes at the time. Or maybe they were on the, the, the far side of the curve and coming back into style. Well, the other thing that should be mentioned, I guess, is that Andrew WK loves wearing white. Yes. He wears white T-shirt, white pants, and white-ish shoes. Um, but he kind of looks like a football player getting ready to go out. He like cult. ties his shoes real tight and then you know ties them up and then puts his pants on and then hits the side of his shoe like, yeah, it's time to go. And then goes out and him and a bunch of dude bros play this song uh, on a big stage. And he just screams a bunch. Like even at the end of the song, he goes... Kind of like the end of uh, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Uh, just like kind of a random yell. Like, I'm, I'm so jacked up Almost sounds, from playing Now that I song. think about it, it sounds a lot alike. It does yeah, sound it pretty does. much alike. Um, I mean, there's really... I mean, the funniest thing is that whenever the piano's there, it's just him uh, by a piano playing the little notes. And uh, him just like awkwardly standing there and headbanging. He's just like... Dan- like, he's not slam dancing or anything. He's just standing there with like his arm up, kind of like Beavis and Butthead when they listen to music and they put their arms like in a weird position and then headbang. Mm-hmm. He just kind of looks like that. Like he doesn't know what to do with his body. He's like, all I know is that I want to I want to bang my head, but I don't really know what else to do. Um, And then, you know, this band uh, playing and, you know, he's got like a cut on his forehead. The his, lighting like, face looks fucked up. The lighting. Yeah, it's like a fluorescent. Very, very. Yeah, it's like he's. It's like it was filmed in a uh, in a call center with bad lighting, with, with lighting that was flickering. Yeah, very very bright. It, it it the lighting soaks everything. Also, even though he's wearing white and he looks like he's you know a member of Heaven's Gate or he's going to get baptized in a, the river, um, he the, the rest of the band looks very metal Florida, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of shiny. 
um, you know, go, uh, uh, cra- you know, what's that? What's the word I'm looking for? Shiny, like uh, sequin, like sparkly, like glittery. Yeah, glittery in background. Uh, on the on. Would on you the describe gl- glitter as being glittery? Let's not do that, Mark. Sorry, you know, you know what you're doing. It's been you know, so long exactly since I've done no nonsense. Doing. I'm fiending for. Do you know that my some arguments about glitter? So that my my daughter brings that up every so often. Oh really? Yeah, because they asked it on the on the kids episode. <laughs> they asked the you know to see how the kids would respond, and my every once in a while my daughter would go, "Glitter wasn't a good answer," or "Glitter's not right," you know. And I'm like, "I get it, baby, I get it." No, I don't. Um, it's, <laughs> um, it's it it. He ha- when he ta- when when he's at the beginning in the very dirty bathroom with the weird light switch and everything, he looks into the mirror, and when he does. It looks like he's like parting his hair, or rubbing on his head, or something. Yeah, he's but combing he looks, his hair. Yeah, or something. And there's like a there's a split, like you can see a scar down the middle of yeah. his head. And he's a modern day Iggy Pop. And another one like on his face. He looks rather dirty. The ends of his jeans look like they might have been soaking in that toilet. Um, <laughs> it, it just it, and uh, and then it immediately goes to this this you know very weirdly lit. Um, stage where that you can see it's the in like a warehouse and and the backdrop is you know the the cover of the uh of the i get wet of i get wet yeah and it's what do you think it is that he when he says i so coming off of girls own juices or girls own juice mm-hmm. and having uh you know a couple songs about you know make sex or what have you um what do you think i get wet signifies i i can't do anything but take this guy at face value and i think that he's just talking about uh he's like comparing himself to when a vagine gets wet you know i can't i can't think that he's you know he's just being um you know outrageous by bringing that up like it's an outrageous edgy thing to say so that's what he's just going to bring up for whatever reason i don't know Hmm. it doesn't doesn't really impress me listen mark I'm listening. If you just take it at face value and you just listen to the song and you hear it as they're cutting, as an interstitial and they're cutting away on Monday Night Football, this song makes sense. It makes sense. You get it. It's it's about a party. It's about having a good time. It's about this. But when we have to sit here and do what we do, it gets painful. It hurts. Mm-hmm. It, it really, really does. And uh, you want to pull your hair out. Do I hate Andrew WK? No, I don't. Um, especially since I know what I know about him, but um, I don't think the song's hurting anybody. It's just kind of hurting my brain having to peruse the lyrics the way we do. Yeah, yeah. it's a dumb song. Yeah. Um, real quick, just uh, before we get to the creep factor, I just looked up the lyrics to "Make Sex" by Andrew WK because I was just so curious. Enlightenment. There is one verse. I don't want to make life. I don't want to make death. I don't want to make love. I just want to make sex. And then the chorus is want to make sex, want to make sex. Oh, want to make sex, want to make sex, want to make sex. Oh, oh, want to make sex, make sex. I'm going to go ahead and give this a creep factor. (laughs) Of what that song? <laughs> no, no, that no. one's real creepy. <laughs> yes, yeah, that yeah. one's real, real. Well, at least creepy. he doesn't want to make death. That's nice mm, of him. Um, I'll go first on the creep factor. This one, um, I, you know, there's a level of creep just kind of with him 
even though I, I, I feel like we're kind of getting a persona to know Andrew WK is going to be a hell of a thing to be Andrew Cohen, AKA mayor Hawthorne or somebody that went to school with him. I'm sure all of them would say there was something a little unsettling about how he was or something. Um, I'm going to give this a creep factor of, I don't know that it's very creepy. Um, but there's still something unsettling. I'll give it a 2.4. That's exactly the number I thought in my head. It really is. There is something unsettling because of that and because of one line. Know what we want and we get it from you. Mm. Sounds a little a little yep. predatory, you yeah. know? Sounds a little bit. Agreed. So if I were just to settle on the fact that it sounds unsettling, it's one of then those it would be a 1.5. <laughs> Adding that in, it's 2.4 for me. It's one of those things that you hear from somebody, and if they're like a decent enough friend, you go, hey, I just want to ask you about this thing that you said because I know you, yeah. and I know it's probably not what I think it is, but can you tell me what you meant by this? And they go... Oh, something that's like something fucking weird. They furl their like, nose. Yeah. They bare their teeth. <laughs> Not a big deal. And then you go, but, oh, okay. All right. Okay. okay. All, right, all, right, yeah. uh, all right. So that is. 2.4. Uh, yeah. 2.4 uh, across matching the board. 2.4. Yeah. We're in what the Doughboys refer to as the handholding club, <laughs> uh, which I've been listening to that podcast nonstop. Um, next up, we are going to talk about. Do you want to do one that's uh, did you know it's about? I feel like we've we just, done a lot of those. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, if you want to do another dumb dumb episode, you know, which this one, you know, we were able to elucidate enough on it to extract okay. some sort of meaning from I've, it. I've I've got a dumb dumb episode for sure. Do it. Let's do it. Uh, this one was mentioned by Kristen Herman. Oh yeah. And maybe we'll see if we can get her on for it. Okay. Maybe even Fletcher. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. We're gonna do Crazy Bitch by Buck Cherry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, this one is just. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Just tune in. Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, that should be all you need to hear. Let's try and get uh, them in. Here. Seth, anything you want to say before this we wrap was up? fun? <laughs> this yeah. was really fun. As much as we don't like the lyrics, this was great. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. The thing that the winning about this episode is, is about the show for me is that when it's about dumb lyrics, it's fun, and when it's about learning something, it's fun. Yeah. It's just a win, and I hope you all agree. Thank you guys for listening so much. Um, I hope that you all are having a wonderful spooky October. Yeah. And we will be back next Monday with Buck Cherry's hit song, Crazy Bitch, on yet another episode. <laughs> it's hard to say that with a straight face. Yeah. On another episode of Lyrics to Go. <laughs> Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics to go pod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs>